0: sin. That is the beautiful outflow of the gospel. Hey, thanks for joining us here at the church at Suncoast. Take your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. It is uh, without, well, it's, it's most likely that the first eyes that you looked into were the eyes of your mother uh, it is. It is little doubt that the first skin you you touched was the skin of your mother. Delivery delivery nurses call it skin to skin, and uh, there's a reason they laid the baby and they laid you probably on your mother's chest was uh, for 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 you to hear the heartbeat of your mother and to calm your own heartbeat. Uh, any delivery nurse or any doctor will tell you that the 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 trip down the birth canal is, is a traumatic experience for a baby. Imagine being in the warmth of your mother's womb, uh, comforted in that wonderful fetal position that many of us still sleep in. And to be violently taken from that womb and crammed down a birth canal and, and to experience the raw of life. Uh, I say with all authority that when you were laid on your mother's chest that your heart calmed. And I say it with authority because of a story that a good friend told me years ago. His name was Ken Dobbs. Uh, Ken had a daughter who uh, gave birth to a, a little girl, her first, and was told that the baby would not live but a few hours or a day or two at most. Sad event. So they called the family in, and Ken was part of that circle of family as they gathered together. And the nurse began to pass, they had the baby on a heart monitor, and they began to pass the baby around from family member to family member, and the heart rate stayed at a very steady pace. But when that baby got around to its mother, and the nurse laid that baby on the mother's chest. Immediately the heart rate slowed dramatically. It was, you know, as she looked at the family members and and smiled. A baby knows its mother. There's, There's a connection and bond between you and your mom that is is beyond anything in the human experience. You know, we are, as human beings, made up of our conscious life and our subconscious life. Our conscious life is what we can remember and think through. We can pull back memories from our conscious life. But the subconscious is below the surface. And if you will think about it, it is much like an iceberg out to sea where there is a small, very small part you can see floating. The majority of our subconscious is below the surface. These are memories we very rarely can recall, at least not by will. We don't remember much before age four and five. Most of the memories from that time was in your subconscious. And that's where the bonding between you and your mom took place. That created a lifetime of closeness. It's different than a father. You know, a father is there. A father can be close. A father can reach out. They have to almost establish that relationship. But the relationship between a mom and a son or a daughter is priceless, eternal, and it is absolutely amazing. Uh, year by year, as I uh, pick out moms, I've decided this year to pick out the first mom. And so if you take your Bibles and if you want to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 3, we'll kind of back up into verse chapter 3. Chapter, Actually, chapter 4, I want you to go to. Genesis chapter 4, we want to talk about Eve uh, as the first mom. Now, I want you to imagine, if you will, and, and go back in your mind and, and just imagine Eve. Uh, having never given birth, this was the first experience of any human. In fact, if you looked up in chapter 3, in verse uh, 20, you might be surprised to note that Eve got her name, not from the Lord, but from her husband. That's a little scary. I, I, I want you to think, perhaps, uh, you ladies out there, you wives out there, uh, what if your husband were to name you by, by something that he knows about you? And uh, be careful with that one, fellas. Uh, it is Mother's Day. But uh, just imagine, ladies, your husband... Naming you, but that's exactly what happened in verse twenty. The man called Eve's his wife's name Eve. Shavah is the Hebrew pronunciation, and he did that because the name Eve or Shavah means because she was the mother of all living. So there it is. She began the whole thing by giving birth. Now the process which is in down in chapter 4 verse 1 goes like this. It's a threefold process that has been uh, repeated billions of times. Ch- chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, obviously talking about union, intimacy between the two. Adam, and by the way, that's a beautiful description that the Bible gives uh, this, this physical union between man and woman. It's, 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 it, it's a term that is precious. Now, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived natural process of things. She got pregnant, and she bore, there's the third part, she bore, she brought forth Cain. There it is, the three steps of how it all works. Sometimes we, uh, we see somebody who has like a dozen kids and we begin to think, do they know where they, those kids come from? <laughs> they keep having them. And big families are wonderful families and happy families, but you'd be, you know, you'd be after, after, you know, 15 or 20, you want to, you got to figure out how that happens. I'm always humored, uh, and it hasn't happened in a long time, and I'm always humored when young people come and and perhaps the young girl's pregnant and, and, oh, they claim they never, well, that's, that would be the second immaculate conception that ever has happened. So it's, it's the process that absolutely he knew his wife, she conceived and she bore Cain. Now notice what she says when he comes forth. She said, I have gotten a man. Literally the Hebrew is, I have gotten the man. With the help of the Lord. Uh, I, I would suggest to you that Eve, after hearing the promise of a redeemer, after they fell into sin, that the redeemer would be, the seed of a woman and here's the seed give birth, I would argue that she most likely thought this is the redeemer, this is the man, this is the one that will save us and, and you can't blame her, they had fallen and in sin, they had been ushered out of the garden, they both wanted to return and so the quicker the redeemer came, the better. But in this we see a mother's high hopes for her children, high hopes for her son, high hopes for her daughter. We look at the birth of a child, as as mothers look, excited about the possibilities of this life. Eve had the highest possibilities, thinking that was a redeemer. We know Cain's story, and we'll get to it in a minute. But Verse 2 says, and again... And I just want you to meditate on this for a few minutes. Imagine Eve's, she had no other woman to help her. There was no midwife. There was no hospital. There were no doctors or nurses. No one had ever been pregnant before. Walking around the garden, she noticed she's getting a little heavy. You know, maybe, you know, Adam said you need to lay off, lay off. the. Anyway, if he was smart, he didn't say that. But she started swelling and getting bigger. Did she know what was even happening to her body, but can you imagine the first contraction <laughs> the first Cry of pain as she looks at Adam Like many wives and mothers have looked at their husbands. What have you done to me? And so And I know their bodies were maybe more vigorous than ours were, but there was still pain giving forth This is a new experience for Eve, and yet there it is in verse 2, she does it again. She does it a second time. And by the way, all you guys out there, all you fathers and sons, all the men out there, there's no, if men gave birth, there'd be the extinction of the human race. Because men wouldn't do it women are strong and powerful and they you ladies out there we honor you because you go through this pain we don't you know a lot of times a a father say well i suffer right along with no you don't suffer right along with her you absolutely don't there wasn't a moment of suffering when i when karen gave gave birth to first john and then whitney it's all on the woman's they hurt they suffer they go through the pain and Miracle of miracles, they want to do it again, some of them. Some of them, one child's enough. I had to kind of egg Karen on to the second child. Whitney owes her existence to me uh, because after Karen gave birth to John, she said, man, I don't want to go through that again. But here is Eve, and Karen did go through it again, giving birth to Whitney. So here it is, again, she bore his brother Abel. Now between that sentence and the next is probably 25 to 30 years or more. We don't know anything that happened with these two boys, with the parents, this family life. We know they were exposed to the very same parents. We know that. But Abel became a keeper of the sheep and uh, Cain, Abel became a and, and Cain became uh, tended uh, fruit of the ground. He offered fruit of the ground. He was a a farmer of the ground. Two different sons, two different bents, two different directions. And moms, it's every child you've got, you know, is different. They have different interests. They have different loves. They have different enjoyments. A wise mother, a wise parents will go along and work with the interest of the child, no matter what that is. But unfortunately, we know what happened in this case. Cain rose up in the field and killed his brother. Now, I want you, by this time, they had sisters. They had a growing family, Adam and Eve. But can you imagine, ladies, your firstborn killing your secondborn? I want you to stop and allow the weight of pain and heartache that fell on Eve as the one she thought would be the Redeemer, ends up being a murderer. It is, it is a symbol. It is, it is a a realization of sin now in the human race. Both kids exposed to the very same family, and yet right out of the gate, Cain, the first son, is a murderer. And due to the sin of Adam and Eve, there have been murders through the centuries all the way down to now, but not always murderers. With a knife and a gun and a hand. Not always physical murder. People have been murdering each other's reputations. They have been murdering through competition. Putting everyone down around them. It is a generation. It is a a whole realm of humanity. That fell in Adam and Eve. And passed along the sea. So here at Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. I want us to go down in the story to verse 25 of chapter 4. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son. Now this is after Cain kills Abel, so this is many years, many years after Cain and Abel were born that along comes Seth. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. Seth in the Hebrew means one who replaces another. In in fact, she says that in that verse. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead or in the place of Abel. And here in her own lips, she says, for Cain killed him. Tough stuff for a mom to say tough stuff for a mom to face. Her firstborn is a murderer and he takes off. She most likely never sees him again. But here she has. Life is not over yet and she gives birth to Seth as a replacement. Now I want you to see in the heart of this mother and I want to encourage you mothers who look out over your family of your siblings or of your offspring, I'm sorry, of their Being siblings together. And a lot of times it's a mess. A lot of times it's great disappointment in your offspring. They fail. They don't reach their potential. They disappoint you over and over again. And I know a lot of... of uh, All of us have disappointed our parents, our moms on numerous occasions. And I want to encourage you mothers... That life is not over till it's over, and along comes Seth as a not a replacement, but appointed in the place of Cain. Now, what does she mean by that? Along the Bible, in this in this place of Genesis, there there is God is going to establish a godly line and an ungodly line. Uh, by their men's choices, they will fall into those categories, but. The heredity of a family line, because God is going to bring forth a Messiah, eventually, through a nation that Abraham establishes, God establishes through Abraham. And so he has to establish a heritage of godliness, down to Abraham, down to Jesus Christ, in order to redeem the entire humanity, generation and all, all the generations That will come to him by faith and leave the ungodly to the godly. Abel was that godly line. Abel was the one who offered by faith the right sacrifice in the right way. And was accepted by the Lord. And Cain killed the godly line out. But Satan never has the last word. And God always remains victorious. And he brings along in Abel's place Seth. No doubt to the great thrill of a mother's heart. Now I want you to think along the lines of Seth being of the godly line. And here is somebody who begins to call on the Lord, it says at the end of this chapter. So let's let's read the end of this chapter. So Abel is an offspring instead of Abel for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born. And he called his name Enosh. Enosh. Now, the chapter closes out. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. So there's out of Seth and Enosh, this family line that begins to call on the Lord. I want you to think in in realms of types for a moment. Because if Seth was the one who takes the place of one who was murdered... If he is a picture, as many of the Old Testament saints were, of Christ, as the substitute, the one who takes the place. If he is, Enosh, his son, Enosh, his son, that name means man in the broadest terms. It is rarely, if ever in the Old Testament, used of a specific man, but here it is. This man's name, Enosh, is the man broadly used in the Old Testament as man or mankind. I think what you have here is a beautiful picture of Christ and the generations of people that come out by faith in Christ, a mankind, a broad term, meaning those who follow him and call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. So you have Seth as a picture of Christ and you have Enosh, As those who are his offspring, if you will. But here you have the joy of a mother. After the tragedy of her firstborn son. Who sees Seth come into the picture. And sees some spiritual fruit. And sees that this line of godly line. That will bring the redeemer someday. Will come to pass. I want to give you three principles about Eve and uh, Adam and uh, I I want to give you some thoughts because motherhood is all about connection. We were created for connection and motherhood is the ultimate connection in life it is that thing which bonds us to another human being teaching us the need to bond with others around that, that symbol or that person of a mother. Motherhood is about connection. Motherhood, you know, nobody loves you like your mom in this life. Nobody will. No one supports you, no one is your fan, no one will never give up on, you. your mother will never give up. Number two, motherhood is about connection, but motherhood is also an adventure. (laughs) You know, uh, children are like boxes of chocolate, the words of Gump, Forrest Gump, you never know what you're going to get. You can't control the color of their hair nor their personality. You can't control what you get. Every child is an adventure. Every child is a learning process. Every child comes out. And by the way, you can do all the right things by your children. You can raise them in the Lord. You can teach them scripture. But ultimately, it's their choices in life. Cain and Abel were the same in terms of the mom and dad they had. And yet Cain went one way and Abel went the other. Some of you need to be at peace with that. Some of you need to be at peace, not blaming yourself, maybe for a wayward son or daughter. But however it works out, motherhood is beyond an adventure. It it is the most unpredictable thing that you will ever do. If you're a mom and you're a control freak, motherhood will drive you crazy. It just will. The last thing I want to share about motherhood out of the life of of Adam and, and Eve and really Eve is that motherhood is hopefully rewarding. You know, as I wrote these principles yesterday, I had written motherhood is rewarding. Sometimes it's not. Hopefully it is. And really, I want to talk right now to the children that are listening, little ones. I want to talk to the teenagers that are listening. And really, I want to talk to all of us who have moms and dads, and specifically moms. Because in a lot of ways, we decide how rewarding our mother's experience is. Are you a good child to your mother? Do you respect your mother? Do you listen to your mother? Do you love her? I heard, a dad, I heard a dad talking to a son going down a sidewalk yesterday outside of a restaurant. And he said, what you getting? And the kid was a young teenager. He said, what you getting your mother? He said, I don't know. And he said, well, it's not my mother. It's yours. Do you make your mom's experience rewarding? You should. You must. And I used to, I used to tell our kids growing up that they gave us a hard time. Uh, I'd give them a hard time and I'd say, I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to make it, it. I don't care how miserable it gets. You're going to be a blessing to mom and dad. <laughs> and, and there's a lot we can do to make that happen. But ultimately, we are the ones who make mom's experience rewarding or a heartache. So I would ask you an application. Have you treated your mom as you should? Have you loved her? Have you respected her? Lord Jesus, we pause and thank you for moms today. We thank you for the first mom, for Eve. What a mess she had to deal with. What a heartache she had to raise her firstborn, to to actually murder her secondborn. And then most likely never see him again. No one's heart bleeds like a mother's heart. But the reward of, 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 of Seth coming in of being born again, that she didn't give up. And the fact that he had a son and that family line began to call on the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray for the moms listening to me that they would not give up in the process, that they would not be discouraged when it's hard with the kids, that you'd give them the wisdom and strength to be the kind of moms they need to be. And I pray for the children out there That they would honor you by honoring their parents. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today at the church at Suncoast. We pray that the message was a blessing to you. If we can be of any help, don't hesitate to contact the church on our Facebook page or at suncoastjacks.com. O R G. If you are in the listening area, we'd love to have you attend any of our services. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time.